WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. The time is 11.59. You are just listening to Books with Maury Chopin. That's Books with a Z. Tonight, Maury reviewed Bunghole, The History of the Barrel by Scooter Shiloh. The temperature is a damp 38 degrees. Heavy coats and scarves are recommended. The Cozy Corner Society of Women Bowlers will be meeting at the Cozy Corner Library this Saturday to discuss how best to keep their balls out of the gutter. It's midnight. The witching hour. Time for WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio's most modestly rated show, The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. Stay spooky, kookies. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We are holding down the graveyard shift here. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very private school co-host. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, we are going to go back through the mists of time tonight. We're going to take a trip. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're going back to the time of Lilith Fair, to the time of the Jagged Little Pill, when all Sheryl Crow wanted to do was have some fun. And anyone, regardless of race, creed, or political affiliation, could enjoy an espresso and a clove cigarette without catching crap. Faith, do you know what our destination is? The 90s. The 90s, Faith. <laughs> that is right. The decade that gave us the L.A. riots, the O.J. Simpson <laughs> trial, the WB Network, Friends, Scream, The Chronic, and Grunge also gave us the little movie we're going to be talking about tonight. What movie are we talking about tonight, Faith? Halloween H2O. Halloween H2O. The 1998 film that marked the return, the first return of Jamie Lee Curtis to the series that made her a star and dares to ask the question that all great seekers throughout history have dared to ask of the heavens faith. What happens when Michael Myers goes to California? (laughs) Will he join a surf band? Will he ponder life's mysteries while sitting on the beach watching the sunset? Will he catch a Lakers game or faith? Do you think maybe (laughs) just maybe he might have something more nefarious in mind? Probably. I can't picture him on the beach at sunset. Could, could you imagine that the, the in the Captain Kirk mask just looking out? <laughs> you know, I have it in my head. <laughs> it's, it's something. Welcome to all of you joining us tonight. We appreciate you being here, whether it is your first time, whether you're a return listener. Welcome one and all. We are both so happy to have you here. We appreciate your support. If you're a first time listener, we do hope you enjoy the show and plan a return visit to Cozy Corner. If you're a return listener, thank you for your continued support. We are planning 
planning on having some fun tonight. We are also planning on having a great month of March. Just to give a little shameless plug, John Carpenter Month is coming up. So it's kind of uh, serendipitous that we're talking about a movie that is based on a franchise that he created. So (laughs) we are indeed going to talk about that 1998 film. But Faith, we have a bit of business to get to first, don't we? We do. What time is it, Faith? It's time for the news. The news. Award-winning adult film actress Nina Nygaard is ready to get political. Her newest film, An Orgy of Violence, is a provocative look at the gun control debate. While there is no violence in the film, we have been told there is indeed an orgy. I would also like to add that I have heard that she is going to be taking a look at both sides of the argument, the front and the back. Well, baseball season is almost upon us, and our cozy corner cauldrons are gearing up for spring training. All eyes will be on rookie sensation Eddie Isengard. Eddie is expected to make significant contributions to the team this year and is something of a poet having taken a class on poetry at the Cozy Corner Community College. When asked how he felt about the upcoming season, Eddie said, and I quote here, Spring blows in on the breeze that banishes the cold winds of winter. Hope springs eternal. Death has no place here. The cosmic tumblers move into position. Life hears the revels of the horn and responds in kind, end quote. Eddie then added that he plans on getting his girlfriend a boob job with his bonus money because she'll be, quote, stacked like a church pew, unquote. Good luck on the upcoming season, Eddie. Yes, good luck. While not wanting to be outdone by Gwyneth Paltrow, singer Erica Badu is marketing a vagina-scented candle based on the smell of her own nethers. When asked about it, she said the people deserve it. Erica, while talented and sultry as a mofo, needs to call up Tyrone and have him come over to bring her back to the white padded room she escaped from. What is this world coming to? What is this world coming to? I mean, this next story is indicative of what this world is coming to. Finally, Cozy Corner Poet Laureate Helen Hootertooter is getting a divorce. In an exclusive statement to WKMF, Hootertooter said, Love is like a fart. If you have to force it, it's crap. Eloquent, as always, Helen, and good luck on this next phase of your life. And that, Faith, is the news. Information that was false and fake and never happened. All right, we are going to take a very short break, but when we get back, we are going to be talking about Jamie Lee Curtis in the film Michael Myers' West Coast Adventure. Is that the name of it? (laughs) I I mean, you could pass as that, right? Good enough. (laughs) Good enough. I am Dan. And I am Faith. You're listening to The Late Night Fright, and we will see you on the other side. Now, an important message 
from the President of the United States. This is your President, Donald J. Trump. I'm here to announce a new show I have on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. It's going to be fantastic, terrific, awesome. You're going to love it. It's called Dylan the Donald. I'm giving you a chance to get in touch with me. You just call up. We're going to rap. We're going to jerry dab. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. You're going to love it. We have a phone call right now. You're a big-ass waste of shit! No, you're a big-ass waste of shit, and I'm about to tweet that out. Dylan the Donald, only on WKMF, Cozy Corner, Public Radio. This is Bert Biederman, host of Bustin' Balls with Bert on the uh, WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I uh, I was just calling them uh, them crazy kooky kids to do that uh, horror movie show. I kind of like it. And I uh, heard they was going to be doing a Halloween movie. And uh, I'm really kind of confused as to which one I should be watching. I haven't been this confused since the hippies rose up in the late 60s. I wish those sons of bitches would go away. I hate hippies. If you could just let me know which one I should be watching, I certainly would appreciate it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis sure is fetching. I'd like to stab her if you know what I mean. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner of Public Radio. We are holding down the graveyard shift here. I am Dan. And I am Faith. It is 10 after midnight. Is that a sign of anything? I don't think 10 after. I don't think so. Is a sign of anything. It probably is for me because, you know. It, it probably should be. Terrible luck. There it is. Twelve thirteen. We'll talk about it. <laughs> so, Faith, Halloween H two O. We got a call from our buddy Bert Biederman, uh, Cozy Corner's resident old bastard and host of Bust and Balls. Bert's a little confused. The Halloween timelines can be a little confusing, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Could be more confusing than a Star Trek or Doctor Who episode yeah. if you're not paying attention, right? <laughs> Well, for all of you out there, including you, Bert, uh, our favorite resident old bastard, we have a special breakdown of the Halloween franchise timeline. This is courtesy of the WKMF Cozy Corner mainframe computer. Take it away, computer. Okay, Jack Offs, listen up. This is how the timeline for Halloween works. I know it's confusing, but then, so is your ass, so what do you care? Here's one timeline. The 1978 Halloween, the 1981 sequel Halloween 2, skip the third one, the one with the Celtic masks and all that whatnot, then go into 1988's Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, watch 1989's Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers and finally Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995, or you could watch Halloween 1 and 2 and then skip to Halloween H20 from 1998. If you absolutely must, watch Resurrection from 2002, or don't because that movie is as good as a warm cup of piss on Taco Tuesday. If you're a glutton for punishment, Rob Zombie made two Halloween films you could watch, or not. You could also watch the first Halloween from 1978 and go right into the 2018 film. 
In all of these timelines, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch stands alone, and for good reason. That movie doesn't have Michael Myers in it, thus making it dumb. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown of the Halloween franchise timeline. Now back to the Jackoffs who host the Late Night Fright, Dan, and Faith. Take it away, bitches. Thank you, Mainframe Computer, for that concise and salty breakdown of the Halloween timeline. It sounds like she's gotten an upgrade since the last time we heard from her. She, <laughs> she's now rocking this British voice. And full of way more insults, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's becoming self-aware. Uh-huh. Ooh. Oh, no. Well, Halloween <laughs> H2O was directed by Mr. Steve Miner. Check out these credits, Faith. You ready for these credits? Yes. These are the films he's directed. Friday the 13th, Part 2. Friday the 13th, Part 3. The Horror Comedy House. That's a very good film, and we need to do that on the show at a later date. Movie Warlock. Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. It's a family film. Forever Young, which first paired him with Jamie Lee Curtis. My Father the Hero. Big Bully, starring Rick Moranis, and I have it on good authority. There's going to be a Rick Moranis week here on the show <laughs> during Horror Comedy Month. Yes. Who the hell is Rick Moranis? Uh, this film. Then he did Lake Placid. I like that movie. Texas Rangers, Day of the Dead, and one of the most horrific and frightening films of all time. I have seen this film. I can attest to the horrific nature of it. Are you ready for this? Private Valentine, starring Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Why I've seen that movie? Don't ask me. I was just about to ask. Don't ask. Here's a fun bit of trivia. Steve Miner is the only director to helm films in more than one of the big horror franchises. That would be Friday the 13th, Elm Street, Halloween, and Child's Play. Hmm. So, dude gets around. Yeah. Gets around. Very cool. Mr. John Carpenter was originally considered to direct this, but he asked for $10 million and a three-picture deal with Dimension. That was the distributor of this film. He says he was still owed compensation from the 1978 film. So that's that's where the $10 million comes into play. <laughs> Seems fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with it. The story here is by Robert Zappia. Zappia's original story was called Halloween, Two Faces of Evil. It featured the shape terrorizing students at a fenced-in boarding school. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Well, familiar. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to come back to the series, so the studio hired screenwriter Kevin Williamson to write a treatment that featured Laurie Strode. The original script featuring Zappia and Williamson's contributions was to be in continuation of the previous five Michael Myers films. Now, there were six at this point, but as the mainframe computer said, (laughs) part three doesn't have Michael Myers in it, so (laughs) kind of dumb. (laughs) But uh, it was Williamson who contributed the story point of Laurie faking her death. The decision was then made to ignore all the films in the series except for the first two. Because of Writers Guild of America rules, Williamson would not be credited and Zappia would not share credit. So, right. you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. Williamson rewrote the film with contributions from Jamie Lee Curtis. And I think you could say that his fingerprints are all over this. It, it feels yeah. like late 90s or in the shadow of Scream. So yes. we're going to talk about that. The cast here includes Activia Poop Yogurt spokeswoman Jamie Lee Curtis, guy who I'm not too sure about, Adam Arkin, four-time Oscar nominee and Heath Ledger baby mama and gal I'm not too sure about, Michelle Williams, <laughs> licensed bounty hunter. You heard that correctly, Faith. She's a licensed bounty hunter and star of She's All That and Nash Bridges, Jody Lynn O'Keefe. <laughs> 
that dreamy guy with the tousled hair, Josh Hartnett, <laughs> making his film debut here. The guy who's going to knock you out because Mama said so, L O Cool J. The guy who there's not much to say about, Adam Hanbird. Uh, a guy who I'm sure about and don't like him, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, lady from the original, Nancy Stevens, is Nurse Marion. She dies here, but don't worry. She's coming back in the sequel to the 2018 film, tentatively titled Halloween Kills. Chris Duran as the most family-oriented of all the slashers, Michael Myers. And uh, finally, Janet Lee appears here as Norma Watson. You notice I don't have anything to say about Janet Lee. She's just Janet Lee. She's Mrs. Janet Lee. <laughs> and this is also the first Michael Myers film to not feature Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis. He passed away before this film could be made. So let's go ahead and get into it. Faith, you're a fan of the Halloween franchise. What is it about the Halloween franchise that you love so much? Oh, everything. <laughs> and that's not a good answer, but... I, there's just something about I don't know I love Michael Myers I love I don't love every movie even though I watch them no. and I enjoy them for the most part but you know I don't know there's something about this franchise that's always felt I don't know I've always like watching it over all of the other you know kind of slasher franchises for some reason you could make the argument that um, you know they're they're nice and, and homey <laughs> Because I was going to say that, but then I was going to sound like a psychopath the, or something. Yeah. Well, you are, and that's okay. The uh, Because the 1978 movie is the film that started the slasher genre. So there's mm-hmm. something very familiar. familiar. There yeah. it is. Yeah, about these movies. And I've always enjoyed all of these movies for the most part. You know, yeah. they're, they are what they are. Now, that first movie is is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a movie that transcends its genre. We've, we did an episode on that that's available Wherever podcasts are found, we we really went into that movie because we both love it so much. And I think it's an important movie mm-hmm. because it's a movie that created a genre, you know, and, right. and how many movies can say that? there's not a lot you know, that can say that. I know. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a fan, too. So with that said, what did you think of Halloween H2O? It's a it's an odd movie. I, I like this movie a lot and I place it high, but there are things about it I think I'm lacking this um, seems to be in doing research for this show and kind of looking at what people say. I like I like to see what what the fans and the casual moviegoers mm. are saying. For the most part, sometimes you go down this rabbit hole <laughs> that, that, that you just need to stay away from. But uh, th- this movie seems to be very divisive uh, for a lot of people. Hmm. Um, you, they either love it or they hate it. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. Um, f- on my end, I enjoyed it very much when it came out. Yeah, I saw this in the theaters when it came out. Uh, looking back though, doing the rewatch mm-hmm. and, and it had been a little while since I'd seen it. It kind of feels like it's lost a little bit of the shine, right. even though I, I really enjoy watching it and think it's entertaining. It is. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's missing some of that creep element. Yes. Of, of, yes. of what Halloween yeah. is for me. It, it really feels like it's a time capsule of the nineties too. Does. this, <laughs> like this movie almost feels more dated than the 1978 movie it's very true there's a timeless quality to the Mm -hmm. 78 movie this feels like late 90s horror as we said and it's the kevin williamson fingerprints on it because this has i mean check this out it's got the scream opener Mm -hmm. um and you know scream established you know the the formula for scream is they kill somebody in the first 10 or so minutes Usually it's a familiar face, either to that world or a, or a very famous face. You know, Drew Barrymore right. being being the classic example. So here, 
We kill uh, two well-known people. We kill someone from a previous movie. We kill Nancy Stevens. We also kill Joseph Gordon-Levitt with a <laughs> with a hockey uh, skate to yes. the face. So, but but the thing about this movie is it doesn't have that meta quality mm-hmm. of Scream. And at times, and I want to stress this, at times this feels like Dawson's Creek. <laughs> this really feels like Dawson's Creek in a in a boarding school. I can go there. The, well, you, I can go there. You go you. there. <laughs> which, you know, he created Dawson's Creek and you have Michelle Williams there. So, right. so there you go. Um, the other thing, too, this is very, you can tell it's Kevin Williamson because of the kids. These are movie kids. These aren't real kids. Mm-hmm. Movie kids because they talk a lot smarter <laughs> than they actually are and smarter than they probably should be. Exactly. So the other thing when I was when I was looking back on this and I was noticing all of the tie-ins to to scream and and the thing is this movie was marketed it because they gave him the executive producer spot you know mm-hmm. in lieu of his writing credit they had it all over the poster from the creator of scream <laughs> Halloween h2o um, but the marketing for this the the poster and the video, uh, box. It looks like Scream. Mm-hmm. It's it's that thing that Dimension and Miramax were doing at that time, where they put the faces of the cast like against a black Blackout, background, yeah. <laughs> and they're usually all wearing black, and some of them are looking like right at you, kind of smiling, and some of them are looking off. You know, look at the Scream the Scream poster, right. and then look at the H two O poster. Compare them. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this it's such a time capsule, though. It really is. You know, know. If they had said they were going to the Lilith Fair, I, I wouldn't have been surprised, <laughs> you know. Um, so it, it feels dated in a lot of ways, but it's still fun. It's, it really is. And it I think it's is. I think it's uh, one of the better sequels. Mm-hmm. I really do. So before we get to Jamie Lee, let's talk about somebody who's not in the movie, unfortunately for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Pleasance, who passed away before this was made. Uh, do you miss his presence here? Absolutely. I feel like he was, for me in those in, in those movies, that he's like the heart and soul of, of Halloween to me. He's kind of the, the one character that I've always just absolutely loved. And I feel like here he is so missed. There, there We talked about him quite a bit when we did the 78 movie. Mm-hmm. And, and we both really kind of got off watching him in that rewatch. <laughs> and he's really funny. Funny. I know. <laughs> and he takes his work as an actor seriously and he's grounded in the movie, but you can tell he doesn't take the whole thing right. seriously. And so there's a lot of fun comedic elements that come out of him. And uh, he loved it. You could tell he loved it. He said that he loved it. And we, we made the point in the episode I had found the quote where he said, I'm going to keep making them until I die. As long as they keep asking me to come back, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep making these movies and he did and yeah. and unfortunately he he left us before he was able to do this this 20 year movie um re-watching this i really missed him right i really missed his presence and energy and the thing that i where i feel this script and movie kind of kind of goes wrong is they didn't try to fill that role in the mm-hmm. script they didn't have someone come in and kind of take over that that energy they you right. know Obviously, you're not going to recast that character. Right. But they didn't have anybody kind of fill in that void. I was going to ask you, could you see him fit into this movie at all? I think they probably would have written it a little differently mm-hmm. had he been in it. But I, I, obviously, Donald Pleasance is going to fit. You I know. mean, he's great. He's, yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, place him in that film, and I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I could actually. They'd have to. It'd have to be just a little different. I think it'd be different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it would make it better. I really oh, yeah. do. Oh yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate that he's not in it. Uh, and the, and it's unfortunate they didn't even use his voice in this movie. They used Tom Kane, who's a voice actor who uh, is most famous for doing uh, Jedi Master Yoda in the Clone Wars series and any Star Wars animated stuff. And uh, he's fine. You know, and fooled mm-hmm. me the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. you know, but now that I know it's like, oh, that's not Donald Pleasance. You know? <laughs> right. And it's fine. But he he's definitely missed. Yeah, um, absolutely. Definitely missed. So Jamie Lee wanted to get the band back together for the 20th anniversary. And she says that they didn't quite pull off what she wanted and hoped for with this. And in her words, she says it became just a paycheck, you know, just right. became another movie. And it was. And, and the thing is, like, and I have this here in my notes, this was a big deal when it happened. Like, Jamie Lee's going back to Halloween. Yeah. It was <laughs> everywhere. It was on the little Sunday uh, magazine that you get with the paper. Like, it was all, you know, uh, her. I mean, she was out there, you know, hyping this. And, and it was a big deal. We we had heard months in advance, you know, that she was going back. And it was kind of a big deal because mm-hmm. she was legit at that point. And she's going back to do horror, right. you know. <laughs> and she's never run from that. She's never run from the fact that she's, you know. You know, known for the horror films. Uh, what did you think of Jamie Lee Curtis's first? And I want to I want to make make the clarification there that the, her first, first return to Halloween. <laughs> I like her here. I, I like her. Um, I like her character. A character. What is that? Character development here. I feel like she's. Um, I feel like she seems a little normal for the most part. <laughs> you know, yeah. at the beginning. But I like that that terror kind of still kind of. Finds the her bubbling and under the, and, of, it's, yeah. and it's bubbling in the beginning and then it right. finally comes out right uh, we have to get this you know out of the way jamie lee curtis is always great right. jamie lee curtis <laughs> is 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 a national treasure i was amazed why it had been a minute since i'd seen this mm-hmm. it had been a couple of years i was amazed at how many elements of the 2018 film are present in her uh in the character here the way the character is unraveling the drinking problem yeah you know, mm-hmm. and you can tell the um, you can. And she says that this film didn't do what she wanted. And she feels like the 2018 film uh, accomplished more of that. So I'm thinking that that's more of what she had in mind and was hoping for for the outcome with with more of a, you know, um, direct homage you know, to the Carpenter thing, because right. this doesn't feel like a Carpenter film. No. And you and we did an episode on the 2018 film. We don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse. We we were not huge fans of that movie. Some things were okay. Some things we we just really didn't like. She was not one of the things that we did not like. I right. thought she was great. But um, the thing about that film, though, at least it, you know, it at times feels like a Carpenter movie. It mm-hmm. feels like a Halloween movie. There are times this doesn't feel like a Halloween movie, and I no. think that might be what what she meant. Yeah. I think the setting has a lot to do with it, you know. Setting the setting has a lot to do with it, and it, it's my next question here on the list. What do you think about the uh, the California setting? I'm not crazy about it. You know, I feel like I feel like New England area would have been a better choice for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I miss that Halloween vibe. Yeah, um, my you know I was watching that was one of the things that was popping out to me was the mm-hmm. was the California setting. It's it's very different for mm-hmm. for this series. There's a part of my brain going, this is really nice that they are doing something different. How how cool right. is this? And and I do like when people take chances. 
but I did miss the look of fall. Mm-hmm. I missed I missed uh, that uh, that Midwest right. you know feel. I, I miss it the, being cold. That and that I feel like that darkness that the first one had, you know. Yeah. And I feel like you just kind of I don't know, you kind of you kind of miss it a little bit. That that setting of uh, Haddonfield in in uh, you know suburban Midwest, mm-hmm. you know, it it feels ripe for a ghost story. Yes, you know, <laughs> this feels like California. It's sunny and sunshine, and the movie's very bright. That was mm-hmm. that was one of my nitpicks with it. Is yeah. it was it's very it's very bright. It's very pretty, but it's it's very bright, and so there are times it doesn't really feel like a Halloween movie. Right. Um, I feel like if you combined the best elements from 2018 with the best elements from this film and put them together, mm-hmm. I feel like you might have like the quintessential sequel. Yeah, I agree to, to Halloween. Mm-hmm. I, I really, because again, it was it was amazing to me watching. I'm going, they were going for that in 2018. Like you could see it in her performance, like where she wanted to take it. Right. You know, yeah. kind of uh, the uh, the batshit crazy warrior woman. You <laughs> yes. can tell she, wa- she that's where she wants to go, and, and that got pulled back. Mm-hmm. And and she did say that Kevin Williamson pulled it back. She wanted to be a little more distraught. But um, no, this. But she's she's always great. That's the thing. She's always great, and I, I do like her performance here uh, quite a bit. So we have uh, Chris Durand uh, appears here as Michael Myers. Uh, what did you think of Chris Durand as Michael Myers? He's not my favorite, but uh, but I think he works. You know, <laughs> I mean, to the point. I think I think he serves a a good Michael Myers. He's still creepy. I think his eyes. You could see it there in his eyes, but again, he's he's obviously not my favorite Michael Myers ever. No. Um, the one thing I did like, I did like being able to see his eyes more mm-hmm. in, in some scenes. Um, but then again, there's that part of me going, "That's a little different," mm-hmm. you know. And and it's escaping me what, how you can see his eyes in um, four and five, you know, and six, you know. But yeah. it's definitely like you know, you can definitely see the eyes. They're a little more expressive, you yeah. know. I feel like he shows a little more emotion, mm-hmm. you know, which and is a little odd. A little odd, but again, different. But I didn't feel like it was a bad different. No. It didn't. I feel like this Michael fits in with the movie, mm-hmm. with this movie, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, because, you know, if he's any darker, it's it, it, it tonally this Michael fits in with the movie. I don't feel like this is a definitive Michael Myers. Right. I don't. Yeah. Like I don't that. think this is the one hiding in the closet, and, <laughs> you know, from the first yeah. one. And no, he almost it, it feels again, going back to this being a time capsule. It feels like the WB version of mm. Michael Myers. Yeah. It shows up. You know, that guest stars on Smallville or, or Dawson's Creek or something. He's a monster of the week on something. And that's not taken away from Chris Duran, no, who really no. wanted to do this. And, and you can tell the guy's giving yeah, his all. Yeah, it's not his performance. I think it's just the way that, you know, they wrote him in this movie. If, do you notice there's like not that many on screen kills? And yeah, it's yeah. It's not as like. Gory. I wanted to talk about, I was, yeah, but uh, we, can, we can go there now. That was the thing that was really throwing me is. You're, you're making a Halloween movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you're making, it's almost like a, uh, uh, not even an MTV video. It's like more like a VH1 video. Look at, um, <laughs> it's going to sound funny. Look at this movie. Look at the, the colors and the lighting of this. And then watch like a Bonnie Raitt video. Okay. Watch the something to talk about video. And it's like the same Stop. color palettes, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you're making a sequel in the 20th anniversary film to one of the greatest, you know, uh, 
pictures ever, yeah. horror pictures ever made. Definitely one of the maybe top three influential <laughs> horror pictures ever made. And it, and it looks like something that comes on, you know, on Thursday night on the CW, you know. It and, really does. But uh, I was wanting more blood. Me too. And, and I'm not a blood and guts guy, but I was wanting Me, more stalking. I was wanting more tension was what, it, you know, tension was lacking mm-hmm. in this film. All the elements yep. are there. You got Jamie Lee Curtis back in Halloween. You got Michael Myers. You've got, um, you know, a, for the time, a pretty good young cast, mm-hmm. you know. And and it just didn't have I feel that like it cohesive lacked, like, urgency element. or something. That's the word urgency. Like, just, yeah. Even when she was like, you know, you 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 kids go and I'm gonna stay here, and she closes the gate, you still don't feel like, oh my god, you know, it's kind of like okay. <laughs> because for for uh, 45 minutes in the movie, nothing really really happens, happens you know. And that was one of the things I, I do want to go back to what I was saying about the 2018 film. There's the bathroom scene. In the 2018 mm-hmm. film, and there's the bathroom scene here. Mm-hmm. So, it, like I said, if you can take some of that urgency and Carpenter homage that they were going for mm-hmm. in 18 and just kind of put these movies together, I really feel like you'd have a really great movie. I feel like that bathroom scene in, the, in H2O, it kind of starts to build up and you're like, ooh, you know, you kind of feel like something's going to happen. And then it just diffuses immediately it just deflates it, yeah and it's it, like yeah spiders okay. spiders yeah <laughs> you just wanted something to happen not that i want the kid or the woman no killed, no but, but you're like but uh and and we did talk about the bathroom scene from 18 mm-hmm. on the show we both really liked yeah. the bathrooms that was one of our favorite <laughs> scenes from the movie um yeah it just it it feels like it's lacking that essential halloween element mm-hmm. you know and and uh but it's an interesting misfire on on one hand too, because mm-hmm. it, it it has certain qualities that are kind of endearing to it in a weird way. Yeah, I, re- I mean, I really like this movie. I don't hate this movie. It sounds like I'm yeah. talking it, but there are things that I guess that it doesn't hold up to that Halloween standard. But I still like the movie for what it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I agree with you completely. Uh, we talked a, a lot about Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the cast, just a general kind of broad overview. What do you what do you think of the cast here? I'm okay with it. They're not my favorite out of anybody, you know, out of all the movies, but I'm okay with most people. I like Josh Arnett in it. I always, I, I, like, I yeah. always like him. <laughs> Going back, I, I really I really liked uh, mm-hmm. his performance, and it's his first film. And I, I don't think I actually knew that. Which is which is so really that's, interesting. That's pretty cool. And he's holding he's holding his own with mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Yeah, some of his lines are my favorite going up against her yeah i was like okay there's a there's a neat story there mm-hmm. and it and it gets lost in some of the fluff around mm-hmm. it you know the, i i i didn't i'm not a huge fan of uh adam arkin um i am I, not either i he, and he's a good actor that's the thing i've seen him in things and liked him mm-hmm. in things but i'm just overall i'm not a huge fan i'm sure he's a wonderful man um <laughs> you know he doesn't seem like he's a dick it's no. just it's just I, <laughs> certain people you warm to certain people you don't um I actually like him in this movie. I feel like his his story though is is superfluous. Like yeah. I don't feel like she needs that story. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's there uh, for her to say, "My name's Laurie Strode," and then to die, and because they need an, another victim. And right. you know, it just it, it, it you could have done other things. You could have taken your time with with other mm-hmm. things. And again, he's fine. And we're going to talk about him in the favorites because uh, my favorite moment is actually. Uh, centered around him funny <laughs> funny enough 
Um, but Wait, I, I do want to. Oh, go ahead. If this is about Adam Arkin, you can continue. Uh, no, I was done with with Adam. Oh, okay, Arkin. I was going to jump in and say I think LL Cool J was my favorite. <laughs> LL Cool J, uh, <laughs> one of the more successful uh, rappers turned actors. Um, again, that's a such a nineties trope. <laughs> it is such a nineties trope. I do want to add. Steve Miner directed several episodes of a TV show called The Practice that was on around this time. And there's a wonderful actress named Lisa Gay Hamilton who was on that show. And she, if you've ever seen The Practice, she's she was one of my favorite parts of that show. And her name on the series is escaping me right now. She's an award-winning actress. She's done stage work. She's won awards. She's the real deal. Uh, that's her voice on the other end of the phone. She's LL Cool J's <laughs> wife slash girlfriend that he's reading his novel to. So I just I wanted to throw that because I thought that that's was cool. really funny. <laughs> you know, I thought that was really cool. And Steve Miner, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, wanted Steve Miner. And uh, he had also directed several episodes of Dawson's Creek. So, so there's, you know, a familiarity right. there. And that's why you have Michelle Williams in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and all that. Um, Michelle Williams is the most successful of the young cast, and uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of hers. And not a fan. I was wondering, you know, what's happened to her because she does not look like she did 20 years. No. Now, none of us look like we did 20 years ago. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's like a, a drastic difference here. I know. Drastic difference. I know. Um, it's she's almost unrecognizable. Really, well, but she really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like Jody Lynn O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. I, I really like like her energy. And Adam Han Bird. He was a, a young actor. He uh, he was a child actor, and uh, he he's fine too. They're they're just fine, right. you know. There, there's nothing like um, Nancy Loomis or I, PJ I was Souls. Just about to say that it's 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 they're good, but they're not as uh, you know memorable as that first. Instantly memorable. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know their names. You know what they look like. What scenes they were in. And this you're kind of like. Eh, all yeah. Right. You know, they're yeah. It's decent. Yeah, it's 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 just okay. Yeah. They're okay, but we do have uh we, we mentioned LL. I liked I liked him in the movie. <laughs> I, I'm glad he lived, you know. Um you have Janet Lee in the movie, which is which is great. Now they wanted PJ Souls to come back and play that role, but she couldn't figure out how they were going to make that work. And she, she, you know, how am I going to fit in? I look like the other girl, you know? Mm. And so she took too long to answer. And then they asked Janet Lee, and I guess she had an in with somebody in the cast, hmm. a little bit of nepotism. And <laughs> yeah. then how Hollywood works is nepotism, yeah. right? <laughs> I love seeing Janet Lee in this movie. She is my favorite thing about this movie, seeing her, and this was her first on-screen performance since 1980s, The Fog, wow. which she was in with Jamie Lee Curtis. But in, they weren't really together in that movie. Mm-mm. But here they get to share a little scenes and the the <laughs> little nudge, nudge, wink, wink. There's two of them with her. Is she When she says, if I may be maternal for a moment <laughs> to her, and she's driving the car from Psycho and they play the music, which I thought was just, just wonderful. And... Now, I did say that this doesn't have the meta quality of Scream. There is one little meta moment with her outside of the maternal thing when she says, I've seen you like this before. I don't like seeing you like this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you like this again. Now, she's referring to something else with Laurie Strode's character. What she's really <laughs> referring to is her playing this character again. Right. You know, For us, like we've seen you do this before. We don't want to see you <laughs> do this again. I thought that was a really nice moment i think so too i love seeing her in this i like seeing them together (laughs) 
and she has some really funny little moments too like when uh jamie lee curtis and adam arkin are making out in the room and he walks out and she kind of gives that look like i know what was going on in there so yeah it's really i think this may have been her last film too if i'm not mistaken so she got to act with her daughter and uh did you notice the license plate on the car did it match the uh it was nfb for norman bates for his for his uh his initials so yeah she's really wonderful it's worth it seeing them together mm-hmm. two, two of the most you know iconic horror <laughs> I, actresses I know. of all time together you know uh it's really great so before we take a break let's talk about the ending of this um for all of my problems with this now this ending does unfortunately get retconned in the film resurrection that is a for my money a complete waste of time <laughs> barely a film <laughs> much less a halloween film uh, they tell you that it was actually a paramedic that got killed. Now, part of that was in the contract because the original producer wanted to make more movies. Jamie Lee Curtis wanted uh, the series to end. She wasn't going to have any more involvement with it. She wanted it to end, but he wanted to make more sequels. So the the compromise was, well, we'll film this ending and then we can keep on with sequels. Everybody's happy, whatever. Right. I love the ending of this when she cuts off his head. I, I love too. how quick it is, how <laughs> yeah. it just. So so let's talk about the ending. What did you think of the tender moment between them? You know, uh, because he's pinned up against the log. You know, she says, Michael, Michael, and, and they reach out and they almost have a uh, one of those like almost telephone yeah. commercials. You know, remember those old telephone commercials where, you know, it's like like. 30 seconds of, you know, family love. And then it's like, you know, Bell South for all of your telephone media. And you're sitting there crying. There's a tender moment there. Michael Myers is humanized mm-hmm. for, for just a minute. And you could make the point that she's kind of humanized for a minute, too. Uh, what did you think of that? That's a really good question. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. It's because it, he's not supposed to really be, you know, human. So it's interesting to see him. In that way, you know. The problem is, Dr. Loomis is not here to tell us that he's evil. (laughs) I looked into his eyes, pure evil, black, blackest, black eyes, dead, lifeless. See, see, we don't have him here to remind us of these things, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very interesting, though. But, I mean, I'm, I'm glad she didn't, you know pull him in or anything I'm, I'm glad she was like nope yeah cutting his head off <laughs> i love how quick it happens right you know it's almost like a tarantino yeah, if movie it's gonna happen like if it's gonna happen that was the way that it had to happen you know like don't let it get any softer than that and in in you know sweet <laughs> i thought it was the right amount of yeah of soft and but her just 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 hacking the head <laughs> off is just something my problem with that scene is that the blood didn't just start right? squirting i was i was i was really because remember this is the cw version. this is the cw version <laughs> yeah uh final question before break is this where the series ends for you yeah, i mean if, if if we're gonna base it on that ending yes i mean i feel like i feel like they get a little kooky going there. yeah yeah <laughs> again I, I love the movies and i, I love watching them but they're, some of them are like, what is happening, you know? Yeah. And it's part of the fun of them, too, <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. But uh, I don't know. You know, I I I prefer this movie to the 2018 film. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's really interesting that this series has the timelines. Right. That it does. It's really neat. I know. You know, in, in a way that you can, you can do these different watch orders of right? it. Right. So... <laughs> 
And there's a little something for everybody there. <laughs> Very true. So, all right. Well, I'm looking at the clock. It is time for us to take a break. We will see you on the other side of this. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And now, an important message from the President of the United States. This is your president again, Donald J. Trump, announcing once more my new show, Dialing the Donald. It's fantastic, terrific, it's awesome, you're going to love it. I'm giving you a chance to speak with me right here on the radio. We have another call. This is um, Harrison Ford. You're a big-ass waste of shit. No, you're a big-ass waste of shit, and I swear to God I'm going to tweet that out. Chewbacca wears the pants in that relationship. Dialing the Donald, only on WKMF, Cozy Corner, Public Radio. It's fantastic. This is Bobby D'Amato, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. And I'm here to tell you about Cozy Corner's premier chicken finger restaurant and gentleman's club chicken strips it's a combination of my two favorite things it's like when god put chocolate in one hand and peanut butter in the other clapped them together and gave us the reese's peanut butter cup let me tell you something chicken strips has the finest wings on and off stage if you know what i mean and they have a whole bunch of different sauces they have ranch they have blue cheese they have honey mustard which is also the name of my favorite dancer at chicken strips they got teriyaki they got chili surprise the surprise is what comes out of you afterwards if you catch my drift and they have the old-fashioned which is also the name of their all-inclusive vip package who needs hooters when you have chicken strips and hey guys if you want to watch the game Stay home. They ain't got no TVs for watching no games. You're going to be watching that delicious food all the way into your mouth. And then you're going to be watching the prettiest girls this side of the Mississippi dancing for you. Right here in Cozy Corner at Chicken Strips. Chicken Strips. Tell them Bobby sent you. back to the late night fright right here on wkmf cozy corner public radio thank you so much for keeping us company here on the graveyard shift it is about 12 45 in cozy corner i am dan and i am faith and we are going to wrap up our discussion of 1998's 20th anniversary film halloween h2o my first question faith Let's rank this film. Where does it fall for you in the Halloween franchise? I rank it third. I rank it third as well. What do you have ahead of it? One and two. Very good. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Favorite kill in this film? I like, is his name Wheel? Is that Adam Arkin's character? That's my favorite kill as well. It felt like Halloween. That in I have to give Adam Arkin the credit here because that shaking and gyrating he was doing, like he's in the death throes. With the only thing he was missing was death rattle, but I was willing to overlook the fact that there was no death rattle because that felt so real. 
and uh, vicious mm. and brutal, and you hit the nail on the head, gal pal. That that felt it like a Halloween. feels like classic Halloween. My other favorite kill was actually Michael. Yeah. Jamie Lee yeah. taking his head off. <laughs> taking his head off. Uh, favorite moments in this film. Oh, I like the flagpole to the gut. Flagpole to the gut was good. I thought you looked like you didn't know what I was talking about for a second. <laughs> I had to think about it, but yes. And then I liked any part with LL Cool J because he cracked me up. He cranks this up a notch, <laughs> yes. Just talking about him writing poetry. Right well, Mama, Mama said, "Knock you out," and he took it. He took it to heart. Uh, I mentioned it uh, before the break. The Janet Lee Psycho homage. Yeah. Um, this film actually has my favorite Halloween moment in it. Really? And that is when uh, she opens the door mm-hmm. and Michelle Williams and Josh Hartnett come in. And there's that kind of porthole, yep. uh, circular window on the mm-hmm. door. And she closes the door and she pops up and he pops in the frame and they're looking at each other yeah. through the window. That is, I love just that visual. I yeah. think it's a great moment in the film. I think it's a great moment in the series. I think it's uh, wonderful just the way that it's staged and uh, mm-hmm. she plays it so perfectly because all of her fears are now realized. She's literally I looking know, look. her fears in the eye. You know, I did like too when, uh, you know, in the beginning she thought she saw him in the window and she would close her eyes and count and he'd disappear. So like when he was coming towards her, she'd keep closing her eyes and he wasn't yeah. disappearing. That I liked that. Yeah, I I really liked that that moment. And that moment was uh, pretty hyped when this movie was out. They would... That's what they would show, you know, on mm-hmm. like the TV trailer. You know, you're we're in the 90s. You're watching Friends. <laughs> you know, here's the trailer on Thursday night. You know, Halloween H2O. <laughs> boom. Hello, Michael. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, let's rank the film. We uh, this is in the spirit of our Nicolas Cage episodes that we did where we ranked the Nicolas Cage movies. We gave up to four Nicks during that. Uh, we're going to give Jamie Lee's tonight. What do you think? All right. All right. So first category, overall film. Faith, I defer to you. I gave it two and a half Jamie Lee's. I also gave it two and a half Jamie Lee's. I feel like that's a fair mm-hmm. that's a fair score for the movie. Yeah. It's, it's a competently made movie. Yeah. Uh, if this were any other franchise or its own thing, this this would be maybe a little higher. Right. I'll say that about it. Yeah. But it's a competently made movie. Agreed. It has a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, the story, you know, follows through. Follows I feel through, like yeah. I do feel like they establish a tone with this movie that is consistent throughout the movie. And uh, you know, again, though, it just it doesn't have that uh, that real kind of seventy eight movie vibe. Right. Exactly. So, uh, the next category is the slasher vibe. I gave it a two. It needed more kills. It needed more blood. <laughs> I gave it a two five uh, on the Adam Arkin kill, which was I think was just such a great kill. It was. And I also gave it the two five because of the Jody Lynn O'Keefe scene. I felt like that was yeah, the one, that was good. You know, and then you add in the Jamie Lee Curtis chopping his head off moment, and I feel okay giving it the two five. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go any higher than that, and I was actually on the fence with that. And uh, my one note is I just, like you, I wanted more. Yeah. I wanted more, uh, just more of the Carpenter vibe. And if you couldn't get the Carpenter vibe, give me Halloween 2. Right. You know, give me a vibe of one of the, the sequels. Like like 4 from Dwight Little is a fine movie. Mm-hmm. You know, give me that. This right. Again, it just feels like the CW or you know, exactly. Dawson's Creek, you know. Exactly. 
Um, the next category is cast. Uh, what do you have on cast? I gave it two and a half. Jamie Lee's. I went two and a half also. Um, they're fine. Uh, really, the standouts, you know, here, Janet Lee and uh, LL Cool J. I, I, how often do you get to say <laughs> Janet Lee and LL and Cool great. J in the same sentence? <laughs> Uh, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, is right. here. Uh, so, yeah, two five for me. And Jamie Lee is actually why I scored this next category the way I did the Myers factor. What did you give it? I gave it a three. I actually just, did, too. <laughs> just because um, Jamie Lee's back. And I'm looking at this with nostalgia going back to mm-hmm. 1998. This was the first Halloween film I saw in the theater. It was a great experience watching this movie in a the theater opening night. It was Friday night. It was perfect. <laughs> It was so much fun. Uh, her being back was a big deal. I, I look at this fondly because of nostalgia. Um, you know, she's really great in the movie. I like what they're trying to do. Uh, the couple moments we talked about do kind of, you know, give it give it that right. little something. Overall, no, but you know, it's it's fun. Uh, I give it a three. Yeah, I'm with you. And mine averaged out to a two point six. Mine is two point five. That that's really about right for this movie. Yeah, it's 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 right in the middle. Right, <laughs> you know, it's right in the middle. It's a it's a it's a good effort. And and if you if you've been listening to the show and it sounds like maybe we were kind of you know kicking it a little bit. No, uh, it, it's it's, it's, hard, it's so hard to. to to compare it next to the '78 movie. It's a good movie, but when you sit there and you, you you know you're you're watching this stuff and you're like, this isn't the '78 movie. I guess if you. Take you know, take the movie out your mind, <laughs> right? And, Except and, for what it is, it's a good movie. I'm entertained. Yeah. I'm never bored. And I know the '78 movie, as we said, that the bar is so high on right. that, and you're not uh, going to be the '78 movie. It just doesn't feel like this is shooting for that at all. You right. know, I feel like Halloween Two is such a nice companion piece to, you know, the original Halloween. It's not as good, but it's got the vibe, and you got right. those great moments in there. You know, and mm-hmm. it feels like a slasher film. This doesn't feel like a slasher mm-hmm. film, and and that. I think it's to its detriment, especially now looking back on it. Right. You know, it feels like Scream 2 or right. something yeah. like that. You know, and, and you can put that on Kevin Williamson. You can put that on the studio. I don't know where you put that. But, you know, it was the time. It was yeah. the vibe of the time. And I feel like Halloween is a trendsetter. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be copying other movies. Mm-mm. No, not at all. No. That's that's the way I look at it. But, uh Again, it's it might sound like we were you know being a little unkind to it, but it's it we both really enjoyed it yeah, and it's I, a fun I, movie and I do recommend it. It's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, it, it is I a mean, fun movie. I watch this usually every Halloween, so I mean, I enjoy it. Do you notice too? We talked about a '78 movie. I feel like when she is uh she's got uh, Mich- uh what's her name Michelle Williams is that her name Michelle Williams. My, yes. my mind feels like it's blank. And Josh Hartnett in the car. I feel like it was a callback to protecting a boy and a girl and almost explaining to them. Oh, she she actually had the same dialogue. I want you to go down the street. Uh, exactly. You know, <laughs> listen to what I say. So I you feel know. like that was a nice little yeah moment. And uh, I forget was it the Doyle's house in the original wherever she was sending them. They mm-hmm. changed it to the Beckers in this film because that was. Uh, Casey Becker was Drew Barrymore's character in Scream. So nice, <laughs> nice little in joke there. No, there were there were some fine callbacks to yeah. it, you know. But um, yeah, it's it's a fine movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's not like uh, top tier horror for me, no. but this is a this is a fun movie to watch. So, do you have anything you'd like to add? I think we, that's before that's, we wrap it up. That's it. 
So yeah, that's that's all I have here. Yeah, definitely check this out. If you haven't seen it in a while, it's 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 worth another watch. And and if you're around my age, which is uh, I'm 41, and it's been a while since you've seen it, it's it's really going to be a trip down memory lane looking <laughs> at this. You know, you know, going into the past because this is such, <laughs> such a time capsule of the '90s. I feel like this is more of a time capsule for the '90s than something like Scream. I, I was really just do. Thinking the same thing. I really I do. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 really something. But uh, yeah, fun film. Good effort. Um, you know, I think most people prefer the uh, the 40th anniversary film to the to the 20th yeah. one. But uh, it, this this is good. So it's been a good night, Faith. Been it a good night. Been. We have a uh, visitor here. Uh, so at one o'clock, uh, Afterglow, that's the show that comes on after our show. That show is hosted by our good friend, Bobby D'Amato, who just wandered in here with a stack of vinyl under under his his arms. And, uh, oh, he's sitting down. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, you guys. Hey, how's it going? Uh, what was we talking about tonight? Halloween H2O. Yeah, that's the one. That's <laughs> the... Uh, that's the one with uh with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I heard uh hey guys, I heard Burt Biederman's phone call, and I gotta say I agree with him. I too would like to stab Jamie Lee Curtis. Hey, did you know she's married to that guy from Spinal Tap? Did you know that? Yes. I'm talking about uh Christopher Guest. Is that who who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, he's the one that's got the amps that go up to eleven. And hey, let me tell you something else. His wife goes up to eleven, you know what I mean? Yeah, I heard a funny story. Uh, you know, they own a Tesla, and apparently, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, uh, Old Spice Musk, uh, Elon, Elon, Egon, Elon Musk. Um, he's a big Spinal Tap fan, and apparently, like all the knobs and stuff, like you know, on the volume and whatnot, like it all goes up to, to 11. eleven. Yeah, because he's like a he's like a really big fan. Yeah, I heard her tell that story on a uh, on a show. I mean, she was talking, I was making out, but I was like like looking at her, you know, like hey, you know what's really interesting? Like she went from like milf to gilf, and then something like like that's something. Can I say that on the radio? I mean, you already did. So. I, mean, I guess, I guess I did. So, Bobby, uh, Bobby, how are things going? What, uh, what you gonna be playing tonight on Afterglow? Oh, brother, I got some like really great soul cuts. I'm gonna be playing like Philadelphia soul because that's like baby making music, you know. Hey, and speaking of babies, you you guys know my good friend Robbie, right? You know, you know Robbie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. We know. We know Robbie. <laughs> yeah, my good friend, good friend. Front friend, yeah, he ain't no plant. Robbie Impostado, yeah, he had a uh, he had a little girl with his uh, with his gal pal uh, Diamond, and uh, Diamond, she was uh, you know she's real fit and cut, you know she was either like an exotic dancer or like on that American Gladiator show, like I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, they had a little girl Roberta, and uh, I am you know I'm not a big fan of babies, but this one. I'll tell you something, like, I think Roberta and I got this little thing going on because, like, you know, like, like she, she gripped my little finger, you know, and she was, like, she, like, like clamped down and she, like, really strong. So I'm looking forward to, like, teaching her how to work out, you know. And, I mean, at the very least, like, we got somebody to spot us, you know. Like, I think that's really cool. So, uh, hey, Roberta, I am so glad you're in the world. Your Uncle Bobby really loves you. Listen, I'm going to let you guys close up shop. But, uh, hey, if you're out there listening, check out Afterglow. Comes on right after. We're going to get you in the mood, you know what I mean? Hey, Faith, you know what I'm going to yes. get them in the mood for? What? Oh, Faith, if you got to ask, oh. you'll never know. Hey, you guys have a good one. I'm out. Uh, Thank you always, for that. <laughs> it is always a treat when Bobby D'Amato shows up. And congratulations to his good friend, Robbie. Yes. Robbie Impostato, who had a little girl, Roberta, with his uh, gal pal, Diamond, who was either an exotic dancer or an American gladiator. So... Uh, thank you again for joining us from wherever you are. We certainly appreciate your continued support. 
this was your first time. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you come back. And for all of you, use for all of yous out there that uh, that returned. Thank you for coming back. And we hope that all of you join us again in our cozy little corner of the world. Uh, this concludes February. Uh, we we were doing kind of more just straight horror films. We did a cross section of horror films in February. All of those episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. But February is done, and Faith and I have really been looking forward to March. And March yes. is going to be dedicated to a guy we talked a little bit about tonight. And that is uh, one of the greatest directors of all time, John Carpenter. We are going to be looking at his entire 1980s output. So we've done Halloween. Uh, from 78, that episode's available. You can go and listen to that. Get ready for March because we're going to be doing every one of his films from the 1980s, starting with a movie that I feel gets overlooked a little bit because it's nestled right in between Halloween and Escape from New York. And that movie is 1980s The Fog. And we, we're we really looking forward to this. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of you out there getting to hear these shows because... Uh, Anytime that you can talk about Carpenter and get people going back and, and watching these old movies and maybe seeing them a little differently, mm-hmm. that's good. That's exactly. a good thing. So uh, thank you all again for, for tuning in. Faith, I think it was a good night. I think it was, too. It feels like that time, doesn't it? It does. It does. It feels like it's time for the music. Let's see if we can, if we listen real closely, if we can hear it. I'm not hearing it. Mm-mm. Where is it? Ah, there it is. Yes, time to say goodbye. It is. It's time to say goodbye. It's been fun, though. Yes. It's fun. It's always fun when Bobby stops by. <laughs> yes. And once again, congratulations to Robbie and Diamond on Roberta. I think that's a great thing. That, that kid's going to be hammer curling for you tonight. <laughs> Robbie is a little bit of a meathead, but then I think we're all meatheads at one time or another. Let's do it, Faith. Let's say goodnight. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.